Sure is a great time to be a ranger, isn't it? Congratulations to our Lady Ranger volleyball team on bringing home the state championship yesterday. They've been a fun group to watch. And they're very good about keeping you on the edge of your seat each and every set. Well, watching the game yesterday, seeing all the fans there to support and watch the game, you know, we filled up the entire side of the, uh, of the Nutter Center. And a thought came to me, <laughs> too bad we couldn't pass the collection plate down the row, each row from the bottom all the way up to the top. Uh, we certainly could use a little bit, right? Uh, how about buying a new fire truck, put a splash pad out there on a, on a community uh, park, maybe an all-weather track. How about those in need in our community? Tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, attendance there and following for our, our team yesterday and obviously a lot of fun with that. Uh, but what a great group of young ladies to represent our school and community. You know, they're active in youth group, developing their faith. Early in the volleyball season, shared the joy of the arrival of their coach's little girl, then handled the sorrow of the loss of Ryan and their coach's husband just a few weeks ago. Through it all, exhibited the attributes of a faithful Christian. You know, they may be young, but I believe we could pull a few pages, pages out of their playbook on how to practice our own faith. Ladies, congratulations on your state championship and how you went about doing it. Well, welcome here to First Church, whether you're here or listening on the radio or watching on Facebook. We are blessed that you're part of our service this morning. For the announcements, please look over the bulletin for items that may be of interest to you. Also look to the website as there's much, uh, much information there, timely information for you as well. The flowers on the altar are in honor of Mary Start. A celebration of life will be held here at First Church later today. The roses on the altar are in honor of two couples celebrating wedding anniversaries of 50 years or more. Mike and Lynn McCabe are selling, celebrating 57 years today. Congratulations to you. Terry and Rebecca Houston will be celebrating 58 years on November 16th. Congratulations to you. Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes are due today. There are prayer cards at the doors for you to use to pray for the children receiving the boxes. There's a trailer in the parking lot, and anyone willing to help load boxes can meet in the Heritage Room following our worship service here this morning. On Wednesday, the uh, all-church Thanksgiving dinner is... That'll be this Wednesday, November 17th at 6 p.m. We'll enjoy a carry-in dinner together. The church will provide the, the turkey. You bring the fixings. Aaron, you have a message to share. Would you please come up or forward? Thank you, Brian. Good morning. I'd like to uh, extend an invitation. The adult Bible school or Sunday school class uh, is starting a new series this morning. We just finished up uh, last week with our study of Exodus and the Ten Commandments. This Sunday we're uh, starting a new series on the Gospel of John. So I'd like to extend an invitation to everyone to join us at 1015 in the Ministry Center. I really like the format. We're going to continue the format we did for the, uh, the Exodus study. We're going to read through the Scripture, the, the Gospel of John, a portion each Sunday. And then there's a movie about the life of Jesus that accompanies that study. So it's really a fun, unique, engaging way to study the Word together. Uh, I'd like to encourage everybody, if you have time, to start that uh, new study with us today. And as a bonus, we always have food and coffee every Sunday. So that's always a, a fun way to fellowship and, and study as we're together. So again, uh, please feel free to join us after today's uh, morning worship. Thank you. And Pastor Joel has a message to share about the praise and prayer night. Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. Um, Food is a great way to get people to come to Bible study, isn't it? There's, there's not, a, not a bad thing about that. Um, there's a lot of exciting things happening this week. You've heard about some of them already, a new Bible study starting after church today. Um, we are having our all-church Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday, lots of exciting stuff. But what I want to talk about here for just a moment is what's happening next Sunday evening. That is our next praise and prayer night. 
Um, I know many of you were here for the first one we did back at the end of the summer, and it was just a great opportunity for us as a church family, as a community, to gather together and praise God with one voice, lift up our prayers, read scripture. Um, as I said last time, we were able to kind of worship in a different way, which is great and wonderful, but, but the Praise of Prayer Night allows us to maybe do things a little bit differently. And so this time around, with the Praise of Prayer Night on Sunday, November 21st, we're going to be focusing on why we are thankful, obviously a great theme for this time of year, but, but our focus isn't so much on the blessings we receive from the Lord, although that is certainly something to be thankful for. Our goal next, next Sunday night in the Praise and Prayer Night is to praise God simply for who He is, to, to show Him our thanks, our gratefulness for who He is and all that He's done for us through Christ. And so I encourage you, if you're able, next Sunday to join us here in the sanctuary for Praise and Prayer Night, led by our praise team. Uh, it is at 7 o'clock. Yeah, here in the sanctuary. So I hope you all can come, invite friends, spread the word. We're really looking forward to this time of worship together. Thank you. Thank you, Joel, for that. Would you please rise and join me in the call to worship? It is taken from Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees, that I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to the Lord. Teach you your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice and follow your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Now let us sing hymn 269, O Word of God Incarnate. change. 
seated. Let's have those little rangers come up. Come on up. Come down here on this side. This part of church doesn't always get to see you guys. Come over here. Like herding little sheep. Come over here. Good, good. What do I have here? Balls. What kind of ball? What's this one? Oh, you have a ball too. Well, and what's this one? And what's this one? A, a volleyball. I've never heard of such a thing. All right. They all use nets, and they all have rules. But I get them all mixed up. Let's see. Now you said this was a soccer ball, right? This is the one I bounce right and throw it into the basket. I kick it. Well, what kind of? I can't kick it up into the basketball net, can I? Oh, silly me. Now this one. This one is the one I bounce. I'm not going to try because I don't think it's going to bounce too far. All right. So if I bounce this one, and I want to throw it in, I have to keep both feet on the ground. And. What? No? One step like this? Well, which one does this? Over my head. Oh. oh, it's confusing all these rules. Now, volleyball. No, this is a volleyball. It's kind of a dirt. They probably used it for soccer, but. Okay, so volleyball. I have to kick it into the net, right? No. Oh. You pass it over the net. Do I pass it over the net like that? No. Underhand. No. Well, I might get it over underhand, but I think they do this thing, don't they? Do that? Well, I've talked to Carson about that. All these rules is so we play the game. And do the best that we can. Do you know that there's rules in our Christian lives too? Those rules God gave to Moses. And they were called the Ten Commandments. And they're very important rules. We can't change the rules to these games, can we? Not, and not play it right. Same way with God's rules. We have to follow right and those rules are, have no other gods before him. Don't make an image to worship. Don't use his name wrongly. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And honor your mother and father. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. And do not covet what others have. That's a lot of rules in there. Ten of them. Jesus gave us two rules because the scholars, the smart guys, and the lawyers asking, what is the greatest commandment? And it said, Jesus was asked that, and he says, thou must love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all your strength. And the second is, love thy neighbor as thyself. We are told over a hundred times in the Bible, over a hundred times to love God. You think he wants us to do that? He told us often enough, doesn't he? And that's one of the things that we have to remember of the rules. And at least eight times he tells us to love our neighbors. Well, do we sometimes break the rules? Sometimes we break the commandments? So Jesus came 
so that he could take those penalties for us so we can have an everlasting life with God. It's really hard to live a Christian life. It's hard for you guys, and it's hard for all of us here. But this is the rule book. The Bible's a rule book. We follow those rules, believe in Jesus, and have him as our Savior. We'll do just fine in the game of life. Let us say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children and all those in attendance today. Yes, we know the rules are hard to follow. We know they're important. Please help us to follow them, to love you with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You want to put these up over there for me? Kids. This time, uh, Sharon, could you, you want to come forward for this part of the service? As you, meant, as you heard in the announcements today, today is Collection Sunday, Celebration Sunday for Operation Christmas Child. And, and so we're going to take a moment here in the service to, to thank God for what he's done during this, um, through this ministry and, uh, and take a moment to pray for it. Um, so Sharon, we're, we're very grateful for all you've done to help coordinate um, this ministry and all that, uh, all that you all have done as a church to support this. Uh, we're so blessed. For those of you who didn't see, maybe didn't come in the parking lot door, there are stacks of boxes over in the Heritage Room. We have a few up here to just kind of represent this for us, but um, there are stacks of boxes over there, um, and we're so grateful for all that you have done to support this ministry and uh, to be a blessing to the kids. In fact, I think I saw one of those Children's Chat kids walking up here with a box, so it's not too late to bring them up here, and it's not too late to, to give that donation, so we're so grateful for that. Um, so grateful for all of your support. So what we want to do now is just take a moment to thank the Lord and ask for his blessing upon this ministry. Um, in addition to the boxes that we as a church are donating, um, we also have some individuals that are actually going to be going and, and volunteering at the processing centers. Um, so Sharon is just kind of a, kind of standing in in their stead. And so as we pray for the boxes, we're also going to be praying for those individuals. So I know Sharon and Jeff Colson, Donna Hoagie, Luann, um, oh, I can't read my own handwriting. Lewis, thank you. Anita Lukak and Linda Clare are all um, going to be taking their own time to volunteer at these processing centers to help continue this ministry. So thank you all for, for supporting that and being a part of it. And let's go to the Lord now as we pray for his blessing upon this ministry. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, um, Lord, your provision in this area. Uh, we thank you for Operation Christmas Child and the way that these boxes are a blessing to each child and each family that receives it. We thank you for the many boxes that, that this church has, has packed. Uh, we thank you for the, the individual families that participated by going and shopping and packing boxes themselves. And we ask, Lord, that each box that we collect here today uh, would be a blessing to those who receive it. We thank you, Lord, that um, you provided ultimately for these things. Um, and we ask, Lord, that as these boxes go out from this place, that, that your, not only would they be blessed by the physical contents of the box, Lord, but they would also be blessed by the message of your gospel and the hope that we have in you. Uh, we thank you for Sharon and all those, Lord, who participated in this and, and, and those that will be participating at these process centers. We ask for your blessing upon them as they continue to serve in this ministry. And Lord, as we celebrate this ministry today, um, we ask and, 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 and we, Lord, thank you, Lord, first and foremost, for all that you've done in and through this church and the many other churches and, and organizations and individuals that are participating in this as well. Lord, may you be honored and glorified through this. And may many people, both children and families all around this world, hear the good news of your gospel as a result of what these boxes represent. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks again for all that you've done for this. Uh, it's time to turn our attention to the offering this morning. Um, our offering does go to support WTGN Radio Ministry, um, another Christian radio station in our area, and it's a great opportunity for us to support them and what they do as they proclaim the gospel um, through their ministry, through song and through teaching and other things. So uh, if you're able to uh, give this morning, our offering does go to support that, and we're very grateful for your generous support of our designated offerings throughout the year. And we're certainly grateful to have the choir bless us with offering music during this time. I do want to invite the deacons to come forward.
invite you to remain standing as we sing our next praise song. It's titled Ever Be, which is a new one for us here on Sunday mornings. And the idea of the song is that our, is that our praise for God is always going to be on our lips no matter what. And that actually call, comes right from Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. It says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Let, let us glorify the Lord together by singing this next praise song. of our praise no matter what circumstances we face no matter what situations we go through you lord are worthy of it all and so lord we gather here this morning whether we are physically here in the sanctuary listening on the radio or watching on facebook lord we gather here as one body as your body to give you praise and honor and glory 
We praise you for the blessings we've experienced in this life, Lord, because we know that ultimately every good and perfect gift comes from above, that everything we have to be thankful for and grateful for in this life is ultimately from you. And so we thank you and praise you for that. But we also thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are with us even during the difficult times. As we face challenges, as we face hardships of our own making or things that are out of our control, Lord, we know that you are with us. And so that we know no matter what we face, we face it with you by our side. And that, Lord, is something to praise you for. We thank you for your presence in our lives today. We thank you that you give us the strength we need each day. And we thank you, Lord, that your mercies are certainly new each morning. And so, Lord, you are worthy of our praise at all times and in all circumstances. And so we come before you now and in prayer lift up our concerns to you, fully confident, Lord, that you are able to work according to your good and perfect will. And so we pray, Lord, as we do every Sunday with the Lord's Prayer, that your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven, that you provide exactly what is needed in every circumstance, and that ultimately, Lord, you would work all things together for the good of those who love you, who've been called according to your purpose. Or that doesn't mean that every situation we find ourselves in is good, but it does mean that you can bring good out of it. And so, Lord, we trust that you are able to do so, and we ask, Lord, that you'd help us to see the good in every circumstance, the good that you are able to do. Lord, we pray for those in authority over us as your word calls us to do. And this day, we are grateful and thankful for uh, our, our church leadership, the consistory. We thank you for the work that they put in each month, Lord, to guide and lead this church in the direction you'd have it go. And so we thank you for them and pray for your continued guidance and wisdom in their life as they as they serve this church together. And we also ask, Lord, for your blessing to be upon our leaders as a nation. We ask for your, we, we do pray this morning for the president, for Congress, for the Supreme Court, that they'd have a wisdom beyond their understanding, that they would make decisions that are for the good of this country and for us as people, Lord, and that you would give them our hunger and thirst after your righteousness and that they would be filled. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. The scripture reading today is from Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Anita. I want to pause for just a moment. Um, I went off script, or at least off my notes a little bit earlier and forgot ahead of myself um, and wanted to take a moment. So and I'll do that now before we get into the sermon and just acknowledge that this past week was Veterans Day. Um, November 11th, obviously, is the day we pause as a nation to, to acknowledge uh, the sacrifice that so many have made um, serving in the armed forces and, and be thankful, certainly, for their service. So I want to take a moment in our time here this morning to acknowledge that. So 
If there's anybody here today that has served in the armed forces, um, I want to invite you to stand. We want to take a moment and thank you for all that you've done for this country. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I just want to offer a prayer of, of thankfulness and blessing over you all. Thank you, Lord, for, um, for this yearly reminder, Lord, of, of the sacrifice that so many have made by serving our country uh, in the armed forces. We thank you, Lord, for their sacrifice. Some were some in obvious ways and maybe some, Lord, in not so obvious ways. But each person has put themselves in harm's way for the good of this country and to serve those, Lord, in many cases that they have never met before. So we thank you, Lord, for their service. We ask for your blessing upon them and their families. And we ask, Lord, that we as, as a nation and, and we, even as Christians, Lord, would, would understand that sacrificial love that is perfectly exemplified in Jesus on the cross, dying for our sins. We thank you for um, this opportunity we have as a nation to do this and ask for your blessing upon not just those individuals who are here today, but all those in our community, around our state, our nation, Lord, that have served in the, in, the, in the military. And we ask, Lord, for your blessing upon them and their families. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Um, also want to take a moment and just echo some thoughts that Brian shared at the start of our service here today. Um, this weekend is really special for, for those of you here, here in the New Knoxville community, um, getting to see the, the state championship. So, of course, want to say congratulations to the girls and the whole school and the community on that. Um, you know, and, and one thing that's been bouncing around in my head a lot these last couple weeks, you know, victory is great, right? There's, not, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And we enjoy wins, and especially um, a, a victory like a state championship. It's something that people will remember for a lifetime, but what I observed the past couple weeks, the way that this team rallied around each other, supported one another, and the way this community rallied around them, you know, that was special, right? Wins and losses are one thing, but the way this, this team rallied around each other, the way this community rallied around the team, um, that's, what, that's what makes me proud to be a Ranger. That's what makes me proud to be part of this New Knoxville community. And that is certainly something that we want to continue to exemplify not just during a state championship run, but all the time, right? That community support, that, that caring for one another, and that love for one another. So congratulations again, and um, just want to um, just remind us, Lord, uh, remind us that, that is, um, that's what it's all about right there, that support, that love, and that care for one another. So what a great example of that we saw these last couple weeks. Let's take a moment and let's pray now as we turn our attention to God's Word together. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we can open your word and that it has something to say to us every day, Lord. And no matter what circumstances we face, no matter what we are going through, we are so grateful that you have given us your word to live by. As we continue to focus on it this morning and turn our attention to this passage, I pray that you would give me words to speak. And Holy Spirit, may you open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this day. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we're back on uh, our Faith Statement Sermon Series here this week. We have just two weeks left. Um, if you've been following along, you know, we've kind of walked through a lot of very important um, topics of faith, right? We started with Scripture. We started with who God is and all that He's done for us. We then turn our attention to important matters like our sinfulness, our salvation, and, and what that means for us both here in this life and in the life to come. This week and next week, we're going to kind of wrap up the faith statement about what does it mean for us now, right? How do we live out our faith? What does it mean to live in response to the grace that God has shown us in Christ? And so today we're looking at, you know, we're, it's entitled, We Believe in the Christian Life, but we're going to be looking at what it means to live for Christ here and now on a more of an individual level. Um, and then next week, we're going to be looking at what it means to be the believers in a certain place. And so, and so that's what we're going to be looking at these next couple of weeks as we wrap up our discussion on the faith statement. And so today, I want to read this for you, and then we're going to jump right into the passage from Colossians that was just read for us. 
So from our faith statement, it says, We believe that all Christians are called to live in obedience to Christ as Lord, not according to our selfish, sinful desires, and become more like Him over the course of our lives. The Holy Spirit helps born-again believers mature, including the increasing avoidance of sin, the pursuit of a holy life, obedience to God's Word, and the use of spiritual gifts to glorify God, serve others, and edify the church. All Christians are called to fulfill the great commandment, love others, excuse me, love God and love others, and the great commission, which is to make disciples of all nations. I think the, when we get down to it, the bottom line, what we're going to be looking at here today, the question we have to ask ourselves is who's in charge? Right? Who's in charge of our own lives? And, and that's a, it's maybe kind of a strange question to ask, but it's also maybe a difficult one to answer because we so value our own individual freedom and autonomy, don't we? We value that sometimes over and above so many other things, especially as Americans, right? That is something we value is personal freedom. And it's a good thing, and it's a wonderful thing. But we also have to remember that as Christians, our ultimate authority is not ourselves, but it is Jesus as Lord. And that has implications on how we live and how we view ourselves. We need to remember that Jesus is both our Savior and our Lord. And we need to have both of those things together, right? We, we often use those two things together as a single phrase, Jesus is our Savior and Lord, but it's actually communicating two very different ideas. And both of them are extremely important for what it means to follow Jesus and to serve him. So we've talked a lot already these last couple of weeks about what it means for Jesus to be our Savior, right? That we are sinners in need of a Savior, that, that left to our own devices, we are lost, We are dead in our sins, and we cannot save ourselves. And so we need someone to step in and save us, and that's exactly what Jesus has done. He is the Savior we need. And so when we say that Jesus is Savior, we we are talking about how he saves us from our sin. He saves us out of our misery, out of the kingdom of darkness, right, as Colossians says. But that's not the end of the story. Right? It's not, not, Jesus isn't just our Savior, although that is certainly enough. Jesus is also our Lord, which means that he saves us from our sin. He saves us out of the penalty of our sin, but he also saves us into a relationship with him. He saves us into a life lived in obedience to him as Lord. Some people want the Savior part. Right? They want to be saved from their sins. They want to go to heaven one day. But they don't want it to affect their lives now. Right? And that's quite honestly the wrong way to think about it. If Jesus is just our Savior, we're only getting half the picture of what it means to trust Jesus and to know him. He is both our Savior and our Lord, which means that we are called to live in obedience to him. When we say that Jesus is our Lord, we're saying that he is our master, that he is he is the one who has authority in our lives. That ultimately it's not up to us to decide how to live or decide right and wrong, but it's about trusting him and his guidance and his leadership in our lives. And if you think about it, going back a couple of weeks to sin, right? When we talked about what sin was and how it affects all of us, we talked about Adam and Eve in the garden. Think about that original sin. What was, what was the issue that was at stake? It wasn't just fruit on a tree, right? That represented something so much more. It represented Adam and Eve taking authority for themselves to decide what's right and wrong. They decided they were going to be the ultimate uh, decision, decision makers of what is true and what is right. They took that authority from God and, and, and placed it on themselves. So when we trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's, it's us giving the authority back to Jesus. It's, it's, it's us proclaiming, it's not about me. It's not about what I think is right and wrong. It's not about what I want to do, but it's about choosing to trust Jesus and be obedient to him. And we see this throughout Scripture in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
So Paul's saying, look, it's not about me anymore. I've been crucified with Christ, so it's not about me. It's about him and living for him each day. And then in Luke chapter 9, Jesus himself says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So again, it's about being obedient to Christ. It's about pursuing him and making him our number one priority. In Paul in Colossians chapter 1, he, he words it this way. He says that we are called to live a life worthy of the Lord. And we're called to live as citizens of his kingdom, which means to live and act and think a certain way. Right? When we are citizens of a certain kingdom, it means we, we, there are certain priorities and certain things that we value. And so what Paul is saying is if we are citizens of the kingdom, then our values, our priorities should line up with God's kingdom, should line up with what he values and what he considers important. You know, we're called as Christians to commit ourselves to something greater than just us, right? It's not about, um, it's not about ourselves. It's not about the culture that we live in. We need to commit ourselves to the kingdom of God, to living for him and not us. Matthew six thirty three, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Right? As citizens of God's kingdom, as citizens of uh, living a life worthy of the gospel means that our lives are going to look a little different. Right? We shouldn't be able to just blend in with the world around us, with the direction that, that society or their culture is going, because there's going to be things in all cultures at all times that don't line up with the gospel. Right? And so we need to choose to be different. Not just to stick out like a sore thumb, not to be different for different sake, but to choose to live for Christ, even if it means going against what the rest of the world says is right and good. And being willing to stick out and letting the world notice those things. And so what I want to do today at the time that we have left is highlight the three things that Paul says here in Colossians, what it means to live a life worthy of the Lord. And if you have your Bibles open or following along, I just want to reread uh, like verses um, 10 and following to, to highlight what I mean by that. And so in verse 10, he says, you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Then he goes on to say three things. First is bearing fruit in every good work. The second is growing in the knowledge of God. And 11 is being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. So those are the three things that I want to highlight for you today that, that, that give us an, a clue as to what it means to live a life worthy of the Lord, to live in obedience to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so the first is bearing fruit in good works. In other words, it does matter what we do in this life. Faith and works are inseparable, right? That's the, that's the great debate, right? What is, do, our, do our works matter or is it all just about belief and faith and trust? And I think scripture is very clear that both are very important, but the order that they come in is what matters and belief that leads to good works. The works are not the cause of our faith, but they are the evidence of it. As Tim Keller says, and I've said here before, you know, we, we, we can say I'm not loved because I obey. I obey because I'm loved. Right. Do you see the difference there? We don't do good things in order for God to love us. We do good things because God loves us. And it's one way for us to show our gratitude to him. So we want to live like Jesus did. We want to care about the things that he cared about. And there's no greater way to sum that up than what Carolyn talked about here during Children's Chat. And that is the great commandment and the great commission. Right? If you think about, what, if you think about the Ten Commandments and how those are... are are organized you got four commandments that teach us about how to relate to god how to love god and you got six commandments that teach us how to love others and how to relate to them so when jesus was asked about the great commandment they were expecting him to single out one over all the others but what he did was he pretty much summed it up for us that really what it comes down to is about loving god and loving others with everything that we have and if we do those two things then we are summing up the rest of the law. We are being obedient to Christ if we choose to make those two things our number one priority. And then the Great Commission 
goes right along with that. Because if we love God and if we love others with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we're going to want to go and tell people about it. Right? We're going to want to go out and spread that good news with other, to others and make disciples of all nations because they need to hear the good news too. So it's about, you know, it's about bearing fruit and good works. It's about living in response to the grace that we have received in Jesus. So that's the first thing that we can do. The second thing is growing in the knowledge of God. So the first was about what we do, and growing in knowledge of God is about how we develop in our, in our relationship with the Lord. We should see an increased maturity as we, as our, as we, over time, as we grow in the Lord. When I was younger, I used to, I was in Boy Scouts and we would do backpacking trips and stuff. And there were, there were some trips that we, we really, you know, there are some trips where you just go and you bring everything with you and you have everything you need. And there were other trips that we did that we, we roughed it a little bit more and we backpacked in and we didn't bring all of our supplies with us and we had to find drinking water and do all those things. And we had these little hand pumps and iodine tablets that would purify the water for us. And I remember when they, when they told us about how to find water, they said, you always got to make sure you, you are drawing the water from a running stream, right? You don't want to draw water from a, 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 a body of water that is still because that water can be stagnant, right? When a, when a body of water, there's no movement, it's an opportunity for bacteria and, and other things to grow and develop, right? And those things can be harmful to consume. Our relationship with God is is kind of similar. We don't want our relationship with God to be stagnant. We don't want it to be going, we, we want it to be going somewhere, right? When we allow our, God, our relationship with God to be still, to, to, to be stagnant, to be complacent, it's not life-giving and it's going nowhere. We need, to, we, never, we need to never be satisfied or complacent in our walk with the Lord. We need to keep seeking Him and keep pursuing Him with everything we have. In Jeremiah 29, there's this letter to the exiles that Jeremiah writes on behalf of the Lord. And Jeremiah 29:11 is this great verse we all, we all like to focus on, but I want to read that verse and the couple that follow because it reminds us of God's plan for us, but, but we have a part to play in that we seek Him and find Him. So it says, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that's what God desires out of us, is that we seek him with all of our heart. And God provides tools for that spiritual growth in our everyday lives. It's about worshiping God with other believers. What we're doing right here, right now, whether you're here in the sanctuary or listening on the radio or Facebook, we have an opportunity to gather together and worship God. And God uses that to grow and develop our faith. We also have an opportunity to read his word regularly, to study it in small groups, to pray, right? Pray. Remember, prayer is a two-way conversation between us and the Lord. It starts with what he said to us in his word, and we respond in prayer and thanksgiving and, and lifting up our concerns to him. And growing and developing our relationship with the Lord also means it's, it's a reminder that it's a process over time, right? We want to we avoid sin. We want to pursue a holy life. But we also need to remember that those are things that will take a whole lifetime to, to accomplish, right? None of us are finished products. We're all works in progress. And so we need to remember that over time, God is going to make us more and more Christ-like. We just need to keep pursuing him and making him our number one priority. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul writes that we are all being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. More and more, right? That's what the point is there. That as we pursue the Lord, as we seek him, as we make time for him, he's going to make us more and more like him. And he's going to develop us into his image. And finally, the last thing I want to share with you is, is being strengthened according to his power and might. In other words, it's a matter of who we depend on. The Christian life is not fueled by our own power and strength. Notice the passive voice that's used in the sentence, right? It doesn't say, be strong in your own power. No, it says, be strengthened by his power, right? And that's the key to, 
to how everything here operates, right? We were able to do good works. We're able to develop our relationship with God, not because of us, not because of our own strength, but because of the strength that God provides through his spirit. We are all dependent on him, and that's the key, right? You want to see you grow in your faith? You want to become more mature in Christ? You need to depend on him more. You want to have a life that's defined by good works and bearing good spiritual fruit? Then you need to depend on him more. That's the key to it all. God has given us his spirit to to strengthen us and to guide us in this life. And we need to learn to be more dependent on him through the presence and power of his spirit in our lives. And that's really the paradox of faith, isn't it? The more mature we become, the more we realize we need him. Right? The more we grow to know the Lord, the more we realize how much we need him. We never outgrow that simple truth of the gospel that we are sinners in need of a savior and that he is the savior that we need. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a light for our path. We ask now that as we, as we respond to your word through song, Lord, and prayer, may you strengthen us and may you continue to guide us as we live for you in this world. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service today, I invite you to stand and let's sing number, hymn number 398, I Am Thine, O Lord.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may go in peace. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary Another one.